Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jock Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome, friends, to episode 37 of Jacques Talk. I hope you are prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so as uh, me and Big Joe and the Big Rig recap the Cowboys' thrilling 41-35 win over the Seattle Seahawks at uh, AT&T Stadium. It's a late night <clears throat> But hey, y'all deserve it. What can I say? Um, we're presented to you, as always, by Grinning Law, which means if you're ever involved in an accident and it's not your fault, you should have this number already punched in your phone, 972-934-8900. And what they do is you give them a call and you tell them your situation. Here's what happened to me. These are the details. And I'm telling you, if they bring you on as a client, it's been a great day for you. Whenever you're involved fighting with somebody else's insurance company, man, it's a long, tedious, intense fight. It can be a little bit intimidating. It can be scary sometimes. That's what Grinning Law is here for. They take care of all of that. They don't want you focused on nothing but rest and renewal. Get your health back. Get your mind back. Get your body back. That's what they want for you. So they handle everything, man. They will handle doctor's appointments for you. Uh, if you need to see a specialist, they'll handle that, too. And the thing I like to tell folks is when you call them, if they accept you as a client, they don't get paid anything unless you get paid. So you don't have to worry about that. They don't get paid unless you get paid. So you never have to wonder if they're working for you, how hard they're fighting for you, where you are on the priority list. You're always at the top because they don't get paid unless you get paid. Sounds a good deal to me. 972-934-8900 is the number, but you don't have to take my word for it. You can go to greenlaw.com. Look at the website. See all the good work that they're doing in the community and see what their clients have to say for them. See for your own eyes. And then, again, if you're involved in an accident, it's not your fault, give them a call, 972-934-8900. Dog. What up? Everybody, what up? Everybody around here said, hey. Cowboys don't beat nobody. They blow out everybody. They ain't need some close games. Y'all happy now? Y'all good now? Was that enough tension for you? Is that enough stress on the body? You feel good about it? <clears throat> Fourth quarter game. It was a hell of a football game, man. Kind of reminded me about like uh, Ohio State, Michigan, meaning if you didn't have an emotional investment in it, it was a hell of a game to watch. If you had an emotional investment in it, that thing was driving you crazy because the Cowboys could not get a stop to save their life in the first three quarters. The offense was phenomenal all night long. But here's the bottom line. And uh, I, I tweeted this out, uh, that the Cowboys got 15 minutes left to figure out how to win a game and stay in the NFC East race. Because if they had lost tonight, that thing, as far as I'm concerned, was a wrap. It was over. It was done. Instead, Cowboys win their 14th straight at home. Offense basically scores eight on uh, eight of nine possessions. Uh, they win a close game. They beat a team that had a winning record. Uh, they checked a lot of boxes tonight. 
some boxes we now have to explore because there's some questions that pop up, but that happens in every game. But the Cowboys survived a thriller. And uh, did you learn anything about the Cowboys at night? Yeah, I learned that when number four is focused, it's on and popping. I mean, he he did what he did. You know, this time he had to bail the uh, defense out. You know, I was sitting here trying to figure out, really, at one point, really, I, I promise y'all this is what I was doing. I was like, I wonder how the narrative is going to be that Dak was the reason why they lost. And, and I'm saying that because sometimes the quarterback and the offense can play so well that there's nothing, there's nothing to blame them for per se. And if they had not pulled it out tonight, it would have been more about CeeDee Lamb dropped the fourth quarter pass and he didn't hold on to a tough catch, but a catch he's capable of making in the end zone for a touchdown that resulted in a field goal as opposed to anything that number four did because number four was on and popping, yep. as uh, Joe said. And we're going to get into him a little bit yep. later. But uh, Well, I remember uh, the drive where they tied it up. I thought, well, he did his job. You know the drive where they uh they they uh what they they scored made thirty eight, yeah he did his job. You know it's like well what can you be mad about? But I guess I'm getting ahead of the the damn thing. But go ahead, <laughs> you know. No, um, so you know I think there's also some questions on defense. Uh, yes, Ron Bland just got roasted uh, tonight. Uh, he still almost came up. He had one interception. Should have had another one, mm-hmm. uh, but. If we're going to keep it real, you know, Washington took advantage of him, too. It's just that we forgot about it because he had to pick six. Uh, but he made ten yeah. tackles against Washington. Yeah. Why? Because they caught a lot of balls on him. So the film is out there. And so, you know, this now may turn into a situation where – and I'm okay, you know, I'm, a, I'm as okay as you're going to be with it uh, because, it, you know, you can take – you can mess with him if you want to. Uh, but he's going to take. He's going to get some of his licks back. So you keep going over there long enough. Yeah. If it's not perfect, at some point he's going to get you. And you know that's how uh, Trayvon Diggs was. The year he got eleven. Yeah. That's how Everson Walls was. I'm old enough to remember it. Uh, the, his first two years in the league when he got eleven and seven. Yep. Uh, because you know, and so these, you know, and I think tonight. We don't have to worry about him in the defensive player of the year conversation anymore. So we can put that to bed. Man, uh, he, he, I'm going to tell you, people was jumping off ship on social media. Oh, they need to bench him. <laughs> they need to, hey, listen, man, it's not every game that DK Metcalf got his head on straight. He didn't even, you know, usually, usually he trying to fight somebody or do some stupid stuff. <laughs> to make, like, y'all had, you had to pick tonight to have your shit together. You know, what are you doing, you know? And it was it was amazing. I just thought, yeah. Usually he's trying to fight rather than catch the ball. Nah, he was on and popping tonight. He ended yeah. up with three touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, and that first one, um, I was just like, damn, he is moving. Yeah. And it turned out that uh, if I'm not mistaken, that he was clocked at like the high 22 miles an hour. But the bottom line is, it was the fastest a player had been recorded running all year. Uh, on that 76-yard touchdown pass he caught on uh, 73 yards on their first uh, possession, which is actually the first time the Cowboys had trailed. Yeah, he's always and, had he always had top speed, top end speed. He came out to draft with top end speed. It was like uh, he can run he can run fast straight, but can he cut? They was always doubting him. He can ball anyway, and they can't tackle his ass in the secondary. So 
I like this game because your Cowboys show some grit. Mm-hmm. They show some determination. And, you know, man, and again, this ain't no new concept. But it's, to me, it's, it's um, matter of fact, me and my dad had a conversation about this the other day. You and I have had some conversations about it. It's always, man, what can you do at winning time? You know, and at winning time, man, the last three times Seattle had the ball with a chance to take the lead in the last eight minutes of the game, the Cowboys defense, which had been terrible for the most part all night long, they came up with ways to make plays. Uh, whether it was Jordan Lewis, whether it was Michael Parsons, whether it was Tank Lawrence, somebody made a play. And that's what the game is about, man. It's about making plays at winning time and at critical moments. Just like uh, when they go back and look at the game from Seattle's perspective, I think one of the biggest plays of the game was Tyler Lockett's drop. Because if he doesn't drop that, uh, they get stopped on downs. They probably go down and score because that's about a 25-yard gain. They have momentum. The Cowboys haven't really stopped them. And it's a chance for them to extend their lead um, instead of giving the Cowboys a chance to come back and take the lead. And so, uh, but again, it's about making plays, man. The Cowboys made them when they counted at the end. Uh, I think Jake Ferguson took another step toward being a really good tight end tonight. Man, uh, he took some shots, dog. The one where he caught across the middle and 21 hit him. He got hit by two people. I thought he got a concussion because he slammed him on his head. and He got hit in the head. He kind of got up slow, walked off. And then the one where he got in, almost got in a fight, where he put that first down in their face like, you know what, take that, take that, take that. That's what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? That was like, what? what I know y'all tried to kill me, but I got the first down. Ah, Jake. And I didn't know he was uh, Barry Alvarez's nephew. I mean, grandson. Grandson, yeah. Wow, that's um, kind of cool right there. Uh, Barry Alvarez, longtime coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, and yep. then he was the athletic director. Good coach, uh, too. Basically, the guy who turned a football program from a laughing stock into a respectable winning program. Yep. Uh, no, nah, man, he's uh, he played, you, you know, he, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. He got vertical tonight. He was yep. catching the ball, and he was running hard yep. and with purpose. And he was making first downs. Kind of, kind of remind you of Ty G. Armstrong, huh? I'm not even. I'm not, I'm not even going there, man. <laughs> Mister, I can uh, get vertical. You yeah, know, I'm not, not even. You know, I forgot going. about that, did you? Go ahead. I for, I forgot about that, Roger. So. That, but you remember that? I remember useless uh, stuff like that. Uh, you know, there's a difference between getting vertical and making a first down and getting a first down. Yes. And he was running with purpose, and those first downs were critical yes. uh, when he got them because the game is. It felt like, and I guess they were for a while, even though they were ahead, it felt like the Cowboys were chasing the game because they had those red zone issues early in the game where they scored, kicked field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. Uh, but a uh, huge win for the Cowboys. They're now, and here's why it's a huge win. You have to hope, if you're a Cowboys fan, you got to hope that San Francisco beats them. All right? If San Francisco beats them, and I don't think this is a wild you know, this is their third tough game in a row. Them is in who? Philadelphia. Okay, they, I missed that. All right. You know, uh, they squeaked by Kansas City in a tough game. Came from behind. Came from behind in a tough game to beat uh, Buffalo. Their third tough game in a row is San Francisco. Uh, you got to hope that San Francisco beats them, drops their record to 10-2. and two. Dallas is 9-3. and three. Then they come to your place next week, and then you get them. And then you leave at the end of the night that uh, they are 10-3. and three. 
you are 10 and 3, and it's a chase the last uh, four weeks to, the, uh, to see who gets the NFC East championship. That's what you have to hope for. Because, uh, uh, you know, I've said it before, and again, I ain't breaking no news with this, but to me, the Cowboys' playoffs have already started as it relates to the NFC East. They have really no room for margin for error um, because Seattle has them, then they get S- Seattle. I'm sorry, Philadelphia has them, the Cowboys, then they get Seattle, the Giants, the Cardinals, the Giants. So you have to kind of assume that they're going to win uh, at least those last three. And, you know, maybe Seattle gives them a fight. Maybe they don't. We'll see. But if you wanted any hope at the NFC East, it had to come tonight. Um, before we get into Tech Prescott, I've been trying to get your boy this jam session bowl for the last couple of months. You know, I was going to bring it to him tomorrow, but I was like, ah, oh, he got something to do tomorrow, so I don't know if I can get it to him. And then I tried to get it to him one Saturday, but he was like, hey, man, you got to call me early if you're going to bring it on Saturday. So I might check his Saturday afternoon schedule and, uh, and see what's up. But the Jam Session Bowl is to live for. It's a uh, mac and cheese or, or mashed potato base. And then, man, Smokey John's Barbecue over there at 1820 West Mockingbird. They, they give you your choice out of two out of five smoked meats. Now, Big Joe's already said he wants a double brisket. So that's what we're going to ride with with him. And then, man, all that stuff you put on a loaded baked potato, whether it's bacon bits, it's chives, it's sour cream, it's cheese, it's butter, all that good stuff. They put all of that on top of it, man. God, that's good. I'm sorry. I just had a flashback to the last time I had one. Whoo! Then, man, you can drench it with sauce or you can drizzle it with sauce. I prefer the drizzle. A lot of people prefer the drench. And uh, it's delicious either way, man. I, I, I really want you to have some, man. Uh, <laughs> if two people can eat off it, but no problem. You and your girl can eat off it, no problem. Got a little shorty, three of y'all. Uh, y'all can take it, take advantage of it. Uh, that's the jam session bowl, man. But Smokey Giants, they worldwide now, man. You can go online, SmokeyGiants.com. Click on the marketplace, get the sauce or the rub. Or if you just got to have it like right now, you can go to H-E-B, grocery store, in Burleson, McKinney, Allen, Frisco. It's on the shelves, baby. Pick it up. It's delicious. And we're getting Big Joe and the Big Rig one very soon. I'm going to check his schedule and see when the best time. To, to, since he ain't coming to me, I got to go our way out there to him. Uh, so uh, we're going to figure that out. But that's coming. Smokey John's Barbecue. Uh, they bring us Clarence e. Hill Jr. and Todd Archer each and every week right here on Jock Talk. Uh, dog, what are you doing? What am I doing? Yeah, it's not like you eating, man. I'm sorry. Uh, I just I mean, got you, you, I just got handed a big old piece of cornbread, and I was trying to be. I was trying you, to. Be you quiet. wasn't, man. She, you, she just, snuck just, up on me, man. I'm sorry. Golly, dog. Mm. I was thinking you, about Smokey John. And I was oh, eating. okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I right, then. Right, um. Uh, yeah, just, 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 yeah. So, Dak Prescott, phenomenal tonight. Um, here's the interesting thing about it. Dak Prescott, I'm laughing because, you know, normally I get cussed out for making noise on the mic. Oh, no, and, no, no, and, no. And you don't make noise on the mic. You beat the hell out your mic for some reason. Uh, I, I don't know. You can't be still for the whole time uh, we record. But don't don't try to bust me out, dog, because I <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. What you doing, Carl? You yeah, don't want no. I, you don't want this smoke, dog. Go ahead. 
Y'all wouldn't believe this fool was about to fall asleep before we started the show. Now it yeah. sounds like he wide awake and I'm ready good. to go. All you got to do is say, go time, baby. <laughs> Rock and roll. I'm frosty. <laughs> go ahead. Let's do the damn thing. Dak Prescott, 29 of 41, 299, three touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, 115.8 passer rating. Uh, really strong performance. Now, here's something interesting. Normally, Dak Prescott, when he throws 41 times, is not a productive day for him. Uh, before tonight, he had done uh, he had thrown more than 40 times, 23 times in his NFL career. You care to guess what his record is in those 23 games? Uh, probably about 11 and 23 or something, 11 and 12. That's, that's a quality guess, 7 and 16. Yeah. Uh, because most of the time, as we've told y'all, he's, he's, his sweet spot is like right around 34 attempts a game. Well, usually uh, he's throwing 41. It's uh, empty yards. It's where he come back from, you know, 21 down and all of that. What, exactly. What's cool about it now is that he's throwing meaningful, meaningful uh, yards. You know, it means something. It's just no, a cool and, process to see. No, and he, uh, he 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 stays in the MVP race tonight uh, with a quality performance. Since San Francisco game, 20 touchdowns, two interceptions, averaging just around 300 yards a game passing. Loved this, – this is the biggest change. We talked about it, I think, last week. It continued today, and I've seen it uh, multiple times. Dude. He's taking those check downs and he's taking he's looking deep and if it ain't there, he's yep. throwing to the backs. Yep. And uh and you don't have to do that a lot. I mean he I mean, I think Pollard ended up with three catches. Uh Dotto had one. But when you're doing it like that, you're avoiding negative plays and whatever they get is a positive. Yeah. You're also yeah. keeping the ball out of harm's way because you're not forcing it into trouble. Uh and so he's man, I, you know, uh, your boy Mike McCarthy said something bold for him tonight. Uh, I, I took a, here's what he said. Uh, I got to find it first. Uh, Mike McCarthy on his quarterback. We want to attack, and you can only do that with a championship caliber quarterback. And Dak is that guy. And dude, it's uh, it's really interesting offensively how much they have changed since the San Francisco game. Uh, now, maybe the playbook is the same, but you can really see that they said, dog, this, this whole run the ball, protect the defense thing, we're not going to win like that. We got to let Dak be the focal point of the offense, let him do his things, put him in positions to succeed. And then they did today what you and I have talked about many, many times. Uh, Dak threw 41 times. How many targets did CeeDee Lamb get? I don't know. He caught 12 passes, didn't he? 17 targets. There you go. I'm looking at it right now. Jake Ferguson had eight. To me, that's perfect. He should have, on most days, he should have twice as many targets or close to that as anybody else. Why? He's your best player. You get it to him. And so, uh, you know, he he only averaged 9.7 yards a catch. Seemed like he had more than that, but – uh, Seattle did a good job of taking away the big plays. Dak and the Cowboys have uh, been leading the league in uh, completions of 20 yards or more. They only had two of those today. And uh, CeeDee yeah. Lamb uh, had a long of 23. But he was active, uh, and they gave him opportunities. 
And, you know, he had a few 17 to Ferguson, 19 to Cooks. So they had some down-the-field games, but they didn't have the super-duper big plays that we're used to seeing them have. You know, when the, when the, 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 the switch flipped in the San Diego game when they was chasing him, and he, I think he decided, you know what, you guys ain't no good, so I can't stand here and hope that they give me a clean pocket to throw out of. Yeah, he, I think he, he's feeling stuff. His pocket awareness is better than it's ever been. Because remember, he used to get – he was so focused on getting the ball downfield, he used to get strip-sacked a lot. Yeah. And his, his, his pocket awareness has been on point this whole season. Because once he realized, all right, Terrence Steele, it's going to be one of them days again. So I got to realize, hey, that pressure is coming and move around. And it's, just, it's just been – like I say, the whole process has been good. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's in complete command of the offense right now. I mean, mm-hmm. and when you look at it, man, again, I don't know that I've ever seen this before. Uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, – I'll go up and look, but, you know, uh, I'm sure somebody will write about it tomorrow. Their drives for the game, man, went field goal, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, downs, field goal, touchdown, field goal, two snaps to end the game. I ain't never seen And it damn near wasn't enough. And it damn near wasn't enough. And we're yep. going to get to the defense in a minute. Yeah, I'm sorry. But, uh, but offensively, man, it was, it was unbelievable. They had drives of 14, 11, 16, and 12. Um, they ended up – and this was a low-possession game because they kept the ball so long. I was trying to see what they were on third down. Uh, eight of 14 on third down. Ended up with 411 yards. 33 first downs. Uh, it's just a masterful performance on offense. And one of the things you got to like uh, at the end of the game is what were they able to do? Run the ball. Right. And what have we always said, though? It's the the running game. It's the yeah. attempts. It's not just that. And they had uh, 34 of them tonight, which is a good number. Yep. Uh, but it's you got to be able to run it when you need to run it. When you, ahead. When you want to run yeah. it. Run it when you're ahead. And that's how you close out games, and that's what they were able to do at the end, which is run it uh, when they had to run it. And uh, one of the cool things, and I thought this was a great play call, and McCarthy has decided this this year, which is I'm going to get these running yards however I can get them. They ran Dak a couple times today on purpose, although he ended up with seven carries for 23 yards. Uh, What's the stat that you had when he run the ball six times or more? It was a pretty good number. Yeah, I can't remember what it is, but yeah, they win a lot when he, yep. when he runs. But uh, but they had two or three design runs for him today for sure. Uh, those other ones, I think, are scrambles. But, uh, you know, it was a big third down play, and they gave it to CeeDee Lamb, who made a beautiful cut and gained 24 yards. But my point being, Mike McCarthy has decided that, um, you know, I don't care where the running yards come from. We just need them. And so if we got to get it to CeeDee Lamb, that's fine. Yep. If, if we got to get it to Dak a couple times, that's fine. If we got to give it to Turpin once or twice, that's fine. I don't care. I just want the running yards. And that was a uh, that was a really nice play call right there. Made up for the fact that he didn't run it at the end of the game when it was third and one. I mean, when they the were – reverse or whatever? <clears throat> no, the reverse was fine. I'm talking about when uh, they – at the let me see. I had to go back and, and look at it uh, so I get the right play. 
I know the uh, toss, the toss play at the goal line. I've been screaming tosses. You know, I was saying that last week. Can you or earlier this week? Can you toss the ball to to, to Tony Pollard? Get him out on the edge a little bit. They did that against Washington big time because they didn't have nobody out there. Nah, this is third and three at the fourteen with a minute fifty two left, and they threw the pass to Ceedee Lamb, and they should have ran the ball. Yeah, uh, because then even if you want to go for it on fourth, maybe you, maybe it's fourth and short. You can go for it and end the game. Uh, or at least you make them use more timeout. Uh, I mean, you can burn the clock so that they don't have as much time uh, to uh, to get it done at the end of the game. So, but uh, Dak Prescott, the offense, uh, Tony Pollard uh, again had a he got twenty carries tonight. First time he's done that probably since uh, week two or week three. Uh, Sixty eight yards, but again he had several good runs tonight. Tough, uh, tough, tough. Yeah. You know, and so again, um, you know, he doesn't have a hundred yard game he's looking for, but but he played a good game. He was active, and uh, looks to me like he's getting better and uh, more involved. And looks like that running game is getting closer to to uh, to clicking at some point. Uh, now we do got to talk about that defense, dog, because uh, it was raggedy tonight, and I'm not. I I tweeted this out probably on the second series because it looked to me like, you know, the first – I'm going to give you that 73-yard pass that happens sometimes. Uh, Bland kind of undercut the ball. Uh, it was a really nice throw. It's a big play. It happens. They're professionals, blah, blah, blah. But that second series, man, when Seattle went nine for 57, even though they missed the field goal, I'm like, they ain't having no problem moving the ball. And then when they got it back again and went um, 53 yards, 75 yards to score another touchdown, I think I tweeted out, defense just looks wonky tonight. Don't look like they, they on it tonight. And, uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know that they was going to give up 35 points, but at one point I said, this feels like a track meet game early on because it just felt like they hadn't – it felt like Dan Quinn had no rhythm – for the game, for how to stop Seattle's offense, and whatever whatever he did, Seattle just took advantage of. It. Well, if you give me a little, give me a little leeway, I'll tell you what I think, Your Honor. Really? You know how they, they say, Your Honor. Let me have a little leeway with that. All right, see, this is what I think. You know, Dan Quinn used to coach with Pete Carroll, so Pete kind of know what he's gonna do. It looked to me like Dan changed up a lot of stuff because what happens when teams don't, when the team, when the when the defenses don't know what they're doing, you see a lot of players talking. You know, instead of going to where their positions are and communicate, hey, you over there, you get him. They was actually explaining a lot of stuff to each other, and they was out of position a lot of time. I wonder if Dan Quinn, this is something you can find out, I wonder if he switched up a lot of stuff because Seattle might have knew what he was trying to do because they looked discombobulated a couple of times, well, more than a couple of times, where they was out of position before the snap. And when you know a defense down pat, you don't be like that. So it was like uh, Marquise. Them 14 and 33, those are young players. But it looked like they was out of position a couple of times. Well, a bunch of times. So I wonder if he changed up a lot of stuff. Cause I got pissed off a couple of times when you run the damn man defense inside the 10-yard line. Why is that? Because you look, your back is to the quarterback. And those crosses would tear you up. You got to make a dude hit a window. You know, you got to make a dude throw between people. And you cannot keep your eyes on the quarterback. That's why Geno 
Geno um, scored that touchdown. But was, I'm going to tell you what's funny, too, is what I noticed. That I'm, I'm kind of picking up on the rotation between 58, Matt, you know, Smith, Hankins, right. and who the hell is 99? I should have looked him up. But I think they like rotating every three plays because Hankins went out. Smith came, I mean, Smith went out. Hankins came in. And then I watched Hankins go out. And then 99 came in. And I think if Hankins was in there, he, he's such a smart, big-ass, massive, smart player. I don't know if Geno would have scored on that. But that's just some little little nerdy stuff that I saw on the rotation, you know, looking at that. But I'm like, man, they, they keep playing man, the, the touchdown where they gave up to um, uh, Metcalf. Yeah. Man. Which one? He scored three. Oh, I'm Which sorry. One? The one in the end zone where it was inside the 10. Okay, where yeah, he, he crossed the back yeah. of the end zone. Uh, Gallup- Curse ran. Yeah. Curse ran into Gilmore. Yeah, Gallimore. I thought Gallimore and Gilmore and, uh, I mean, Gilmore and Bland almost ran to each other too. So it was a lot of, you know, you know, it was like, you know how you play Madden and you pull back and the lines all crossed, you wait for them to get straight, they were not straightening them lines up. <laughs> You know, they wasn't they wasn't getting back. You know, the AI wasn't kicking. Like, right. I think that's what you're trying to say when you were saying they was wonky. When you say they wonky, I agree with you 110%. Yeah, maybe, just, maybe I need to get a drop. Jock is right. <laughs> <laughs> it just, uh, you know, I, I look, uh, you know, I, when I look at games, a lot of what I do is look, just look for feel. Do it look right? Do it feel right? Yeah. And they just didn't feel right the way – because you haven't seen people just run up and down the field on them like that. Yep. Uh, and when, you know, and, and if they do, maybe it's the first series, and then Dan Quinn get a look at it, then they kind of they kind of nip it in the bud. But that wasn't happening that night, and I was just like, this just feel like a track meet game. Uh, because the offense looked like they were smoking. It was just a matter of when yeah. they get down there, are they going to score in the red zone, they're going to have to settle for field goals. Uh, because – uh, you're right, man. How many points they scored? They scored 41, and really, and they kicked four field goals. I mean, they could have easily hit 50, yeah, um, with with no problem. Uh, if they had, if they had scored a couple touchdowns in the red zone. So, uh, but now let's talk about the defensive player of the year. Well, at least he was in the conversation. Uh, Bland. You can't have a, you. You don't think you're in the conversation no more if you have a bad game. One nah, bad game take you out of the conversation? Yeah. All right. For a guy like him. Now, it, it might not take Michael Parsons out of the conversation. All right. It might not take T.J. Watt out of the conversation. But Bland, and here's the thing. It's the same thing, make you laugh, make you cry. He really entered the conversation because he had such a huge play to pick six, even though it was at the end of a blowout, on national TV on Turkey Day when everybody is what? Watching football. Well, now you also got the national game of the week. Even though it's on Amazon Prime, you still on the standalone game where everybody's watching. So now everybody watching saw what? Saw you get roasted and toasted tonight. Um, and it wasn't like I said; it wasn't really just the first the first play because that happens. But at a certain point, they just started like, "Where is he? Let's go find him." And. Uh, I think he stopped playing with confidence at a certain point in the first half because he was playing real soft. And then they just started catching slants in front of him, outs in front of him. I mean, they just put that work in on him. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba had the best game of his career, which really don't surprise me because he's coming home to 
to uh, he grew up in Rockwall. Yeah, he went to uh, Ohio State and Kirk and Kirk Kirk Her Street was loving on him. I got so tired of that. Oh, you know, you know what? You, you know, I work with Ohio State guy. And I got to listen to another Ohio State guy talk about Ohio State guy, what he doing to the Cowboys. Hey man, yeah, he's like that. Yeah. Uh, that got old he, real fast. Uh, but he he put that work on him. So uh, and he turned him around. I mean, he just had an awful first half, but he came back and regrouped at halftime, yeah. at least for a little while, and got that pick, which was which was big for him. And again, he almost had another one. Uh, that would have been really wild. Uh, he, I mean, is, he, just, he is what he is, man. You win some, you lose some. Because I had people jumping off the doggone ship on him. Oh, man. Y'all, and so many people was doing that. My daughter was like, they tearing, she texted me, they tearing Bland up. I was like, you win some, you lose some. And then she wow. was like, well, never mind when he caught interception. But it just be like that. But like you said, you can't lose your confidence totally. But I think he'll rebound. He is what he is. You know, he, he, got, he gets burned a lot. Well, you know, the the other thing system. is, I was going to say, they played nothing but basically man coverage. All day. And, yeah. And so if the pass rush is not there, and it didn't get there early in the game. Right. And quarterbacks got time to sit back there and, and figure out what they want to do, you can have some problems. Uh, you know, so I, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how he recovers and how uh, how he plays next week against Philadelphia. Cause yeah. Yeah, he's going to get some A.J. Brown next week. I was gonna say with AJ Brown and Devontae, Devontae Smith, Smith, yeah, yeah, they ain't no hiding. You out there? No. They gonna find you. It's it's time for you. You got to make that move. And you got to do that thing. Them guys then, are better than Eric Metcalf. I mean Eric Metcalf. They better than Metcalf, but Metcalf offers a special problem. I think that that, that your boy is is ain't no receiver in the NFL bigger or faster than him, and more physical than him. Now Brown is. Just as big, but he ain't got the speed Metcalf got. And he ain't mean as Metcalf. But yeah, but know. he show up every week and Metcalf don't. Metcalf showed up this week. Yeah, he Metcalf be wanting to fight him. Well, we were talking about earlier. He always trying to fight. <laughs> this week he don't want to fight. He just want to score touchdowns. Now, you got to understand, this. Uh, um, just like the Cowboys' uh, possessions were fantastic, Seattle went touchdown, Missed field goal, touchdown, touchdown, yeah. touchdown, yeah. interception, touchdown. And I was just like, again, I think I tweeted this out, man. Cowboys are, are up, and I'm just like, at some point, somebody got to go make a play. Like, this is the biggest drive of the year right here because, again, if you lose this game, you can kiss the division goodbye. And then, guess what? Because I, I had already gone there. If you lose this game, you 8-4. and four. They seven and five. They own the tiebreaker, and you still got to deal with Philly, Buffalo, Miami games where you can play well and lose. You might find yourself in the sixth seed. I mean, it it it, it was that tenuous. But then, and I wrote this down, man, because I wanted to make sure I had it right. Uh, and this is what I loved: the Cowboys got a little bit of a reprieve. Okay, let me let me let me stop lying. They got a huge reprieve when uh, – let me find the exact play I'm talking about. It's uh, – and y'all know it when I see it. Oh, look at me. Y'all can hear the notebook turning. Yep. Uh, it's uh, – what quarter is this? Oh, here it is. It's uh, eight minutes left in the third quarter. The Cowboys – Seattle is up 35-30. 
after Brandon Aubrey's field goal. They already moving the ball. And um, with eight minutes left, man, they got the ball at the, at the uh, Seattle 45. Tyler Lockett has just run a nice deep end route. Who did he beat? Bland. Bland is toasted on the play. It's probably, I mean, it just is, dog. It's about a 20-yard completion, maybe 25. But he dropped the ball. Uh, it got on him quick because he threw an anticipation throw. Yeah. Got on him quick and he dropped it. And so instead of uh, first and 10 at the Dallas, you know, 30-something, it's second and 10. Odiggy Zua gets some pressure. There's an incompletion. Now it's third and ten. Also, Odiggy Zua played his butt off tonight. Duh, he been playing pretty well. Yeah, but yeah, he got down tonight. <clears throat> yes, he did. And uh, then there's then again they hit him with the pass in the flat, which I mean they, they the offense coordinator did a really nice job. They blitzing. They hit him with a pass in the flat, and instantly as soon as I get it, I go, well hell, now they didn't gave up so many yards. They're gonna go for it on fourth down. Because it's fourth and one at the Dallas 46, and then your boy shows up. Who is your boy? Tank Lawrence. Oh, yeah. It's, it's funny, man. Tank Lawrence. Tank Lawrence's evolution as a player is really interesting to me. When he first showed up in the league, he didn't do much, and he didn't say much. That's because he was in the weed room. <laughs> All them guys were smoking weed. Every last uh, one of them guys. Randy Gregory was, I mean, not Randy Gregory. Uh, what's my man's name we got from the Panthers? The Kraken. Well, well was I here. mean, that was even, yeah, but. They all got more, suspended. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, he got suspended for that, but his back was messed up. But he just, yeah. but he also didn't just, he just didn't say very much. Yeah. You know, he's all loquacious now. But, you know, then he became this big time, he became the star of the defense. And so his person, then he felt comfortable enough to let his personality show, and uh, and his personality was out. But now that he's closer to the end of his career than the beginning, he really only speaks when spoken to now. And uh, now he'll still fill up your notebook on a given day, but um, he's not interested in being the hot boys and all that now. He just wants to play football, make plays, and win games. You know, he didn't ceded the leadership to uh, Michael Parsons and let him do his thing. And he's just there. Uh, and so it's really cool to watch his evolution because he's still a really, really, really good player. Uh, people quit tripping over his sacks now and understand that he's, yep. a, he's an all-around defensive player. And on a play like this, fourth and one, what does he do? Makes a terrific inside move, basically beats two people, the tight end and the tackle, gets in a hole and drops him. Like, you ain't finna struggle and run through this tackle. No, boom, you down. That's with 720 left. That's a huge play. Because I'm sitting here going, you know, another couple first downs, it's going to be like the two-minute mark. Now you got a real problem. Yeah, he sacrifices a lot of his numbers. That's what I was talking about earlier this year. He sacrificed a lot of his numbers because on the big play, Parsons, he lined up on the inside. Yeah. He lined up defensive tackle. Uh, You're automatically giving up something when you do that. Plus, you get offense a headache, too. No, absolutely. So, uh, 
Uh, they turn the ball over. The Cowboys go down and score. That's where Ferguson catches twelve yard touchdown pass in front of Jamal Adams. Yeah, that, that boy think he he think he Travis Kirk. He think he Travis Kelsey, and I like that. Nah, you understand? I got no problem with the swag. I don't have no problem with that. If you imitate Travis Kelsey, go ahead on because hey, you you white, you eighty seven, you catching the hell out of that ball, and you want to dance a little bit. So you can't tell me. I need to know. I need to get them whispers and find out if that dude Travis if he idolized Travis Kelsey. Yeah, we'll see if we can find that out. Right. Uh, so, so they get a two-point conversion, and they up 38-35, but the game is not over. It's five minutes left, and you got to keep them out the end zone. Uh, and so, once again, man, we end up with a situation. It's third and four, 320 left, and the only dude from Michigan I like, Jordan Lewis, who gets picked on quite a bit, shows up with a big hit on Smith and Jigba, knocks the ball loose, Sets up another fourth and four. This time, Geno Smith drops back. He ain't got all day. Guess who's in his face? You know, Tank Lawrence is in his face. Oh, okay. Tank Lawrence is in his face. Force, I mean, he can't even really get back there before Tank is back there. Uh, forces an incompletion. And again, they got to give up the ball. Cowboys go down and kick a field goal. They get the ball back. A minute 43 left. And on third down... And two from the 50, what happens? That little dude from Michigan, the only dude I like from Michigan, makes another play, uh, breaks up a pass, and then on fourth down, somehow, and we got to go back and look at the tape on this one, unless you've already seen it, Michael Parsons runs completely free on that's, fourth that's down. Where, that's, where, that's where Tank Lawrence lined up on the inside, and they tried, and, and then Curse came. They didn't know whether Curse was going to loop or whether he was going to come up inside, but Curse came up in the box. So they tried to slide, and the running back was supposed to slide to his right and pick up Micah, but he got there too late. Because when, when you put Micah and Tank on the same side on, and Lawrence on the same side, you want to slide your, your pass block into that side. And they waited way too late to do that. It was, you know, they had a young running back in there, and uh, he didn't get yeah, over that. Yeah, because uh, I was going to say uh, – uh, he was the, he's really a special teams guy. He doesn't right. really even play running back that much. Right. Uh, but uh, what's his name? Charbonneau. 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 Yeah. Another he, Michigan uh, slash UCLA guy. He was uh, he was hurt, and so uh, he wasn't available for that last series. Tank hurt and, him on that down it, uh, on that fourth him. down play. Oh, did he? Yep. Uh, and so, uh, just think about it. Defense didn't do much the whole game. They gave up more than 400 yards uh, in total offense. Good Lord. <laughs> they gave up. Dog, it's worse. They gave I don't want to hear no doomsday two stuff. Stop that. No, 25, uh, 25 first downs, 9 of 14 on third down. Yeah. 6.3 yards of play, which is atrocious. Um, but I just told you in the last eight minutes, in the last seven minutes, that's six big plays that they made from three different players. And that's what it's about. It's about putting behind what has happened throughout the game and at winning time going to make something happen. That's really what it's about. Yeah, they're not, no, they're not, they're not no scrubs on offense. They, they didn't have a running back, but them three receivers are actually pretty good. Now, you got to kind of hang on and hope Geno turn into Geno. Right. You know, that's, that's kind of what he did, but he really didn't have no choice because they wasn't blocking. Yeah, so that uh, that was uh, that allowed the Cowboys to clinch it. Huge game for them. Sets up 
And and now y'all can watch Sunday and just chill and, and, and watch the game and see how it turned out. Um, and see if San Francisco can do you a favor by beating Philadelphia. And I hope they do in the sense that I really want to see Philadelphia with a one-game lead come to Dallas and just let's let's get it on and let's see. You know, uh, you know what, man? I won't talk about the first half, the third, the second quarter, and the third quarter. That was the longest second quarter I ever seen in my life. Cause it just was like penalty, penalty, timeout, penalty, timeout, drive. Well, and that was that was the last topic of the, of the day. Which okay, is, well, hey, you know what? What outline it? All right, then. Anyway, go ahead, go ahead. Which is that? Uh, yeah, I'm ignoring you. Yeah. Which is that? Uh, I was looking for the actual numbers right here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dallas had nine penalties for 127 yards. Seattle had 10 penalties for 130 yards. There were a number of pass interference penalties. Uh, the Cowboys got six first downs by penalty. Terrible Se- calls. Seattle had five first downs by penalty. Uh, both teams got you know penalized for long pass interference. I mean, it was just flag after flag after flag after flag after flag, which really messed up the rhythm of the game and the flow of the game. Well, it sucked, uh, it sucked the energy. Well, I was going to say – is the second, is the second quarter and third quarter just sucked the energy out? It's, it's like quiet in the whole stadium. You know what I'm saying? That, that they they drove down, scored, and then they came back in the in the third quarter, and it was like ain't nobody making no noise. It's all gone. <laughs> the, the 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 doggone energy is gone out the stadium. So it's, it's, that's what makes it a great game when you can lose that and yeah. then you can get that back. It's like man, yeah, that, that's what makes it great. No, so it was a uh, it was a fantastic performance uh, from Cowboys offense. Uh, fantastic performance when it mattered most from your Cowboys defense. Great game overall, but most important, uh, your Dallas Cowboys nine and three uh, in position uh, to hopefully play for a share of first place in the NFC East next week. And uh, you know it's going to be a uh, it's gonna be fun to sit back Sunday and watch it, uh, watch the fallout, see how it go, how, how it goes, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think it's gonna be a great game. Um, I think uh, I really think San Francisco will beat them. I think Philadelphia's had a bunch of close calls. I think San Francisco wants to prove that had Purdy not gotten hurt in the playoffs last year, that they would have uh, they would have won the game and been to the Super Bowl. And um, I think uh, whenever you get that and you have a little something to prove, it might give you that little extra edge that allows you to win a a close game. Plus, Philadelphia been struggling early and coming back to win late. I don't think they're going to – if they struggle early, I don't think they're coming back on on San Francisco's defense. Uh, But, you know, it's all uh, all out there for us to see. You got thoughts on San Francisco, Philly? Yeah, I think the same thing that they're capable, but Philadelphia is just so – they're so used to just overcoming adversity, you know, no matter what to do what. I, I kind of – I hate to say it, but I kind of believe in what the Eagles doing. Like you the, – the the fact that when you pointed out earlier this week how many, you know, games, what they win, about six, seven, five, all that stuff, that ain't luck. Right. That's, you know, that's 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 hanging in there. That's hanging in the hell. The Patriots, when they was winning everything, they didn't blow people out. They just hung in there long enough for you to make a mistake for you to beat them. So, 
If I'm gonna have to pick two teams, I'm gonna stay with Philadelphia. But it's gonna be interesting to see if Chase Young and uh, and uh, 97 if they can get if they can get home. You know that's gonna be good right there because the Forty Nine is good defensively, but that's gonna be the game of the week. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang with Philadelphia. All right, all right. Uh, so let me ask you this: If you hang with Philadelphia and they win that game, who else? Who else is going to beat them? You got Dallas. You would figure Dallas would beat them, but I don't see them losing no other games. I just think you know what I think. Dak them all just get ready for the wild card. Just put it in their mind. You know we don't like he say we gonna run our race. Y'all race gonna be the wild card because y'all can't catch Philly unless Philly try to do something crazy or something, but. Nah, I don't. I don't. I don't see him kid. I know it's a possibility. I just don't see him doing it. You know. Well, I think. Yeah, I think the schedule. Is, I mean, I think Philadelphia will ultimately win the East, but I would like to see Dallas is emerge from first, emerging with a tie for first place next week. Because I just think it make it more interesting. Because then you go to yeah. Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, you know, with a, uh, you know, and then followed up by uh, Miami. I mean, it just it just make the end of the season just wild, yeah. Because of everything on the line, the stakes, and all of that stuff. Um, so I I just think it'd be fun. So selfishly, that's why I'm looking for a uh, I'm looking for Philadelphia to have a two game losing streak, and then uh, let's see what happens in yeah. the last three weeks of the season. That to me would be the ultimate. Oh yeah, Most fun definitely. test. Most definitely, that would be wild. Yeah. Uh. I would like everybody to uh, like to encourage all of you guys to follow me on Twitter. My new account, JJT Journalist. One day I'll tell you the story how my old account got deleted once I find out how it did. <laughs> but uh, I got a new account. It's JJT Journalist. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders and the Making of Men, available wherever you buy books. I spent the 2022 season with Deion. Uh, he was just named Sports Illustrated's uh, Sportsman of the Year. Uh, I believe he's going to get that program flipped and keep it flipped for as long as he's there. Uh, he was at the game tonight. Yeah, he uh, was. Yeah, he was. As he said, he was doing some recruiting. <laughs> Always be recruiting. That's what ABC stands for. Mm, okay. uh, uh, and Never so, uh, that. yeah, that's cool. Uh, Always be recruiting. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but the book is great. Gives you a lot of insight into why he is the way he is, why he coaches, and why I think ultimately he'll succeed at Colorado, which comes to the Big 12 next year. Uh, Green Law, we always appreciate you. So until we chat again, you guys be blessed.